that? Who's that? What you want? Police. We've had some complaints about con men pretending to be blind and uh, crippled. Oh, I'd love to help you, man, but I ain't seen none since I stepped on that landmine in Vietcom back in 72. It was rough. Very painful. You were in Nam? So were we. Where? Um, I was in, um, Sang Bang, Dangan. Uh, uh, I was all over that place, basically. A lot of places. A lot of places. What unit were you in? Uh, I was with the Green Beret, uh, Special Unit Battalion's, uh, Commando Airborne Tactics, Specialist Tactics, uh, Unit Battalion. Yeah, it was real hush-hush. I was Agent Orange. That was my name, Agent Orange. Special Agent Orange. That was me. Airborne, huh? I can see! I can see! I have legs! I, I have legs! I have legs! Oh, shit! Look at this! Man! I can walk! Jesus! Praise Jesus! I appreciate this. Oh, this is beautiful. I can't believe it. Thank you. I don't know what to do. Glory be to God. Praise Jesus. Look at me. This is too much. I, I can't believe it. Ah, oh, you're beautiful. This is, I can't thank you. First Moses, now this. God, Jesus. Oh, thank you. Look at me. What? I'm so happy. Oh, God. Look at me. This is too much. What a happy day. What a happy day. This week on the podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about frozen concentrated orange juice. Uh, visit Bo Diddley's Pawn Shop and uh, make sure you put on your lederhosen and practice your Swedish accent. Mm-hmm. Right, this week we're talking about trading places on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. I'm Jason Martin. I am Paul Conlon. Yep. And uh, Trading Places, a uh, movie opens up. Uh, you get uh, a montage of different... Uh, a lot of different places around Philadelphia, um, and just just showing like different, you know, whatever people working, uh, people going to work. Um, I noticed too. There's a bodega. There's a guy stocking Philadelphia cream cheese in a little cooler in a bodega, which I thought was a, uh, a I don't know, a silly little joke, I guess. Um, and you get uh, and you have a. Uh, uh, Denim Elliott here, uh, preparing the breakfast uh, for Lewis Winthorpe. And uh, he's going to a lot of trouble to, you know, make his breakfast and everything. And the, he goes upstairs with the tray um, for breakfast in bed. I like uh, the way that the, the montage at the beginning there pretty much showed commodities being used. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, I know it was food and stuff like that. Right. There's, there's commodities. And later on, I'm talking about what his commodities are things that people use every day yeah yeah and uh he's he's waking him up breakfast in bed uh he also uh he shaves him um so you're, you're seeing that uh dan Eckroyd's character louis winthorpe you're seeing he has a he has a butler doing everything for him um and uh he's talking about uh pork bellies and he's like uh I have a good feeling about pork bellies today. Something's going to happen. And, uh, you know, then the Meliot, his butlers, picking out, picking out his jacket and his shoes. And then you see the Dukes, and they have they have many different servants. And you see that uh, even though Lewis has it good, the Dukes have it much better. Yes. They have a lot of different servants. Um, 
and uh, they get in their car to go to work and they got computers in their car, which 1983 is. Would be amazing. Right, right. I mean, they can afford it, I guess, but it's a pretty rare thing back yeah. then. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, they're talking about the hereditary versus environment uh, argument. Um, and uh, they're discussing, you know, what would happen, what kind of experiment. Um, and, uh, and this is where we they meet uh, Eddie Murphy here is a, it's a homeless guy with no legs. He's just uh, rolling on a little uh, cart or whatever, yeah. wheels. And uh, he's begging from him. And, uh, you know, we see him and you see his little, his little thing. Um, and we don't uh, actually see his little thing. No, no, not in this movie. Um, but, uh, Maybe in the jacuzzi scene. Yeah, but the, the Duke brothers are um, set in the chairs and they, they got their, um, uh, whoever their guy is, and they give him, one of them gives him $5 at your Christmas <clears> bonus. <throat> and uh, the other one says, that's from that's from both of us. And then the guy says, oh, maybe I'll go to a movie by, by myself. myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, they're talking about... Uh, What's this fifty thousand dollar payment to Clarence Beeks? And uh, oh, it's the research project. The research project. Um, and uh, and then we get back out to Eddie Murphy's character, and the cops spot him with his uh, thing where he's begging for money. Um, and he says he's a Vietnam vet. Um, which uh, like where are we at? And he says, you know, Viet Cong, named Fang Fong, and make up a bunch of names. Uh, and like, oh yeah, we're, we were too. Where were we at? Um, he, um, not to mention the fact that uh, Eddie Murphy was like maybe 22 in this movie, so wasn't even old enough to be in Vietnam either. So, um, and uh, he bumps into uh, um, he bumps into uh, Louis Winfield, um, and the cops are cops are involved. Like he. You know, like he was, you know, they yeah, tried. Bill, to, Bill Ray's walking backwards and he just turns around and right. the there and they collide into each other. Yeah. And things go flying everywhere. And Winthor, and he, he sees the, Valentine sees the case on the ground, goes to pick it up to hand it to him. Mm -hmm. And Winthorpe just says, Oh my God, he's trying to rob me. He's, he's still like, Don't mm -hmm. hit me, you know? Right, right. And he's like, Hey, man, I was just giving you back to you. Know? But the cops are there and. Uh, White privilege in action. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, Billy Ray is inside and, uh, you know, the cops are chasing him. And uh, you know, this is where they have the thing where there's like 10 cops pointing guns at him. Yeah. There's a problem officer, which is uh, reminiscent of the scene in the Blues Brothers, I think. Where yeah. It's way too many guns pointed at him. Also directed by John Landis. Yes, exactly. Um, and uh, also starring, co-starring Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Coincidences. Um, the... Uh, but there's a scene where Billy Ray says, uh, is there a lawyer in the house? And he fans <laughs> back. And you see these these white guys, and you know that probably... Everyone's a lawyer. Probably all of them are lawyers, and they're just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the, Dukes are, the Dukes are talking about uh, something about, is there something wrong with them? And it's like, of course there's something wrong with them. He's a Negro. And uh, they're talking about the bet um, that environment versus hereditary vet, um, nature versus nurture. Um, and they're like, the bet? Yeah, the usual amount? Yeah, the usual amount. Of course, 
that's a big hook in the movie. We don't, yeah. we have no idea what the usual amount is. We're portrayed these guys. We're shown that these guys are super rich. So we don't know what the bet is. We're thinking it's like, you know, who knows? A million dollars, hundred thousand, you know, big, big amount. Um, and that's one of the big uh, twists of the movie is how much the bet is. Um, the Dukes call uh, Billy Ray um, to talk. They call, well, they call uh, the butler. Call the butler. Yeah. To talk about the experiment. It was like, he's like, well, of course, you know, it worked for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, you know, Which is an important call to hear from Coleman's point of view. Yes. I work for you. Yes is your house. Because mm-hmm. that sets up the fact that all can be taken away from. Right. From Winthorpe. Right. Because uh, it's not his. Right. And then there's a few more other levers pulled and he's without anything. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, after Coleman hangs up the phone, he says, what a scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Billy Ray's in jail. And then one of the guys, one of the actors in jail. Uh, well, first of all, one, I think, was uh, what's his name? It was in Coming to America. The other barbershop guy uh, was there. But also Giancarlo Esposito was, uh, was the other guy, the thin guy in jail. Yeah. Not one of the big guys, but uh, he was in jail with him. The one idolizing. Right. Character. Right. He's talking he about. He's got a limo outside. This bitch is in calling yet. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about, uh, yeah. And, and Giancarlo was there, and they were talking about the, uh, he was talking about whatever kung fu moves he was, gonna, he was putting on them. And, uh, and uh, one of the one of the big dudes says, ain't, ain't, it ain't cool being a jive turkey so close to Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's a really good line. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Dukes bailed uh, Billy Ray Valentine out of jail, outside of jail, out of jail. They meet him out. Well, he doesn't know that at the time, but they meet him outside. They're like, "Get in! It's warm in here." The way they're talking to him, like he's like he's a little kid, like it's warm in here. And uh, he he actually they hold a bottle of uh, liquor. You can have some whiskey, all you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like shaking at him, shaking the whiskey at him, like hey, and it's great because he gets in the, when he gets in there. Uh, they uh, they show him the box of cigars, and he grabs like ten in his hand. He's got the bottle in one arm, right? Scarf in the other. And he's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, they're offering him all this stuff, and uh, Billy Ray goes up to the uh, limo driver who's black. He's like, yeah, "This is a practical joke, right?" And he shakes his head. He's like. No, okay. Well, these dudes are a couple of faggots, and he's like, no, no. So he's trying to figure out the situation. He doesn't understand, obviously, uh, what's going on. So they put him, you know, they tell him what they're going to do, and uh, they put him in that house, and uh, and, they, and he's in a hot tub, and he's like, uh, you know, he's he said, "Say, man, when I was growing up, before one of the bubbles, we had to fart in the tub," which uh, which is probably a, a line from one of his uh, stand-up routines, I think. Um, but uh, he keeps, as they show him around the house, he keeps putting stuff in his pocket, you know. You tell him how much this uh, this thing costs, and he's putting it in his pocket. And they have to make him realize that, no, this is yours. This is your stuff. Yes. And then uh, it's like, so this vase is mine, right? So he's like throwing it back and forth, and he drops it and breaks it. And, uh, you know, they say something like, that vase, I think that vase costs like $30,000. Yeah, but we had it appraised for forty thousand, something like that. It's like, see, he's already made us ten thousand know? dollars. Um, but then he gets upset. He realizes that was my base, you know. <laughs> um, and um, now we get to uh, 
um, Beeks um, points to uh, Lewis Winthorpe. As he's walking past him. Yeah, and then the Duke's nod, and like, yeah, that's him. Um, and this is our first meeting with Beeks. Right. And to show you just what kind of a guy Beeks is, mm -hmm. after Winthorpe walks past him, some homeless guy asks him some question, mm -hmm. just throws him to the ground. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Beeks played by Paul, Paul Gleason. Gleason. Uh, the uh, the guy who ran the detention in uh, the Breakfast Club. Yeah, one of those actors that when they're in a movie, you just love to hate him. Right, right. He's a he's always a villain. Like he, he does a good job of being smarmy and condescending right. and yeah. just happy when something gets him. Yeah, yeah. And this movie, something gets him in the end. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Brrr. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Beeks is at the meeting. Um, where they have they don't know what's going on, but uh, you know he planted he planted this uh, marked money and uh, Lewis's yeah, his, his, his uh, pocket coat pocket or whatever, and uh, then Lewis is caught. Beeks uh, you know turns over the money; it's got a mark on it. Um, and then Lewis gets sent to jail, and Lewis is in the strip search. And uh, I noticed the. One of the cops in the strip search is the guy who plays the father in League of Their Own. What's her name? The, the one that was really good, who wasn't wasn't pretty. Gooch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mar Marley Gooch. Right. That was that was the father from League of Their Own. And then, uh, of course, Oz. we get Frank Oz. A great role for Frank Oz. Putting personal effects in an envelope. Very reminiscent of yeah. the Blues Brothers. Right. He taking them out of an envelope. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's great. You know, that was obviously on purpose, uh, having him in this situation. Um, he's talking about, uh, you know, you know, whatever, uh, gold card or whatever, like, ooh, gold card. American Express, gold card. Yeah. And then, like, one cellophane bag, angel dust. <laughs> it's like, do you know what this does to kids? And, of course, Winthorpe has no idea why it's there. Um, so Lewis is in jail. Uh, Billy Ray uh, goes to the bar. And uh, the bar, the bartender is the uh, same, the old man from New Jack City, the one who was like really against him more yeah. than anything. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got money now. Uh, so he invites everyone back to his place for the party. Um, and the party is kind of is definitely getting out of hand. There's a lot of women uh, taking their shirts off and dancing around and uh, guys spilling stuff on the carpet and throwing up and, uh, People are having sex, you know, sex in the rooms and everything. Um, uh, Coleman is trying to be positive about the party. Trying to like, do you have some nice friends and stuff like that? But then, you know, Billy Ray is realizing these people are just freeloaders. And he's pissed off at him, kicked him out. Coleman's like, well, you have a big day tomorrow. You should get some sleep. Um, then we get Winthorpe being bailed out. And um, Beeks is talking to... Uh, Ophelia. Ophelia, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, who's, who's definitely a prostitute, talking to her about making a fast $100. Um, you know, so we realize he's something's up, you know. Um, and then uh, um, Lewis's uh, fiance is there waiting for him in jail, sitting next to all these really low lives. One, one, guy, one of the, is that your purse? Is that your yes. purse? It's a nice purse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just creepy enough to sound threatening, but as a just a normal question, 
it's a normal question. Mm -hmm. first, smash, first. Right, right. But the delivery was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, Ophelia um, kisses Lewis in front of his uh, fiance to completely shatter what's going on, you know. Jumps in between the two of them. Right. Louie, I need some stuff. You got to give me some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Louis pleads his case uh, with Ophelia after they get out of jail, like, you know, someone did this to me. Um, you know, I can give you the money back. Um, she, she makes a line, something about, you know, have all this cat or all this credit. And she's like, well, yeah, well, I don't take credit cards. Um, and uh, talking about the drugs that were found on them, someone says uh, heroin. No, it wasn't heroin. It was angel dust, BCP. Um, A reoccurring uh, joke. Right, right, right. Like, um, and uh, I feel getting in the cab and, uh, you know, he's wanting to go with her. Like, I can give you the money back. And she doesn't know whether to believe him necessarily, but then she looks at his hands and it's like, you've never done a, they work in your life, and he's yeah. like, "No, yeah, no, like." So she knows he's telling the truth. He's obviously a, he's obviously got some kind of white collar job. He's not a, you know, he's not a criminal for sure. Um, and uh, Billy Ray is talking to Coleman again, and uh, going to his first day of work. And uh, I like this. Coleman says uh, he's asking for Billy Ray is asking him for advice, and uh, he tells Billy Ray, "Just be yourself, sir. Whatever that happens, they can't take that away from you." That's a great little moment, you know. It's really, because um, Coleman's got to play along, but he's still trying to look out for him, you know. And uh, Billy Ray uh, meets with the Dukes, and they're trying to explain what's going on with the commodities and everything. And they got the breakfast laid out: the orange juice and the bacon and uh, whatever else is there. But uh, you know, the Dukes say this is bacon. Like you would find in a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich. And he looks at the camera, looks at the camera like, the hell? Um, and uh, um, Ophelia um, tells um, Lewis about her financial situation, talks, you know. So I've got this, you know, I've got whatever, couple, whatever it is, a couple hundred thousand in T bills or something like that. And I've got, so I figured I've got three more years on my back that I'll retire. And, and he's like, you're a prostitute. <laughs> like he just dawned on him. <laughs> that's such uh, a that's a that's a great joke. You're a prostitute. Um, and then this is the scene where uh, uh, she shows a breast. Um, that was a bit shocking at the time. Uh, so she was known <laughs> for being a screen queen, right? You know, uh, Halloween, prom mm -hmm. night. She did about five or six uh, yeah. slasher movies before this. And uh, so she was a bit of a hard sell for Paramount in this mm -hmm. role. But she also says that she was never asked to take her clothes off in any of the slasher movies, and she didn't. Mm -hmm. And she, uh, the first time that she got to a straight normal movie, she had to take her top off. No, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, well, she shows her breasts, and uh, she says, food and rent are the only things that cost money. You sleep on the couch. You sleep on the couch, and then slams the door. Yeah. Um, and uh, you get the, um, you know, Lewis trying to get some money. Um, this is where he goes to the pawn shop uh, run by Bo Diddley. Yeah. 
and he's talked about this uh, this watch that's I can't remember worth like twenty thousand dollars or no, something like that. six thousand nine hundred yeah. five dollars right in Switzerland yeah. in Stad. It's it's a finished watch that uh, can survive underwater or something like that. Yeah, uh, it tells a different time simultaneously in things. Right. One of Stod. Stod, Stod, I don't even know where Stad is. It's like a ski resort in Switzerland. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, only people who know about skiing wouldn't even know what it was. Right, right. Um, so, like wealthy people. Right. The guy goes, This is hot. This is so hot. Yeah. It's burning my fingers. Right, right. And, uh, and, and he says, In Philadelphia, it's 50 bucks. For 50 bucks. <laughs> so he gives it, he's like, Okay, he gives him the money. And then he's like, How much for the gun? <laughs> Which is great. Like you know, he's desperate in selling this expensive off fifty bucks. I'm like, okay, there's a gun. Okay, there you go. Um, and uh, Lewis walks by the restaurant, nice restaurant. Sees Billy Ray sitting down with the Dukes, and I guess the I think the guy that runs like the stock exchange or some some big yeah. guy anyway, and their wives and everything and everyone. And uh, yeah, he's pretty pretty pissed about that. Um, and that's where the escargot <laughs> right uh, escargot joke is told right. Right. Uh, look at that escargot. Yeah. And, and Larry laughed. I don't think he understood who it was. Or maybe he does. Yeah. I'm sure Eddie Murphy did, but I don't think Billy Ray did. Right, right. Um, and uh, they get the uh, um, somewhere in here is where you see a poster on a poster on the wall that says, See you next Wednesday, which is John Landis's little signature yeah. jumps in movies. Yeah, which is uh uh definitely in uh Coming to America and maybe American Werewolf in London. I think Blues too. Brothers, probably all of them. Yeah, it's like, like some version of it's all. Yeah, it's like a fake movie poster or whatever. See you next Wednesday. Um, and uh, uh, the the scene this scene here gets me. Lewis in the dirty Santa suit. <laughs> That's a scene that, like, the first time I watched it, I was like, "What the fuck? That's fucking terrible!" Like. And that definitely catches your attention because it looks really out of place. It's got, but also shows just how deep down, yeah, he's fallen and how grimy he is now. Yes, because there's nothing sadder or more dirtier looking than a dirty Santa suit, which should yes. be bright red and bright white, right, right, and all the griminess just lets right. you know how. <laughs> uh, yeah, is. and it gets and it gets worse when he's at the buffet and he's stuffing the fish, like a whole, an entire salmon in 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 a fucking. First of all, he's stuffing in a pocket that's lined with like fake fur, so it'd get dirty too. And he's stuffing meat in it, and he's eating some of it, and some of it's spilling his beard. It's just, it's, it's a great little thing that that actually pays off. It's just because it's so off-putting and it's memorable, you know. <laughs> um, and the Dukes are talking about the wager uh, in front of Billy Ray. Um, well, no, that's yeah, in, in the bathroom. They're in the bathroom. He's right, he's there smoking a I mean, joint. And he's trying to hide. He's here, right, he's, he's smoking, smoking a joint. joint. Right. So he's hiding in the bathroom yeah. stall, and they don't know he's back there. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. At this point, they actually do talk about it in front of him. I'm casually mentioned. Oh, uh, gotcha. And then Lewis tried to plant all the drugs in Billy Ray's desk. Yes. And Billy Ray, you know, like they're trying to get him arrested. And Billy Ray's throwing all the drugs in the trash, he except the joint. He puts the joint in his pocket. Which right. leads him to the bathroom. Right. And then this is where Billy Ray's in the, in the bathroom smoking the joint. The Dukes walk in. You know, he's sitting up on the toilet so they can't see his, uh, you know, his, that he's in there. And uh, he says, I won the bet. 
Here you go, one dollar. And but they also describe right what the whole bet was about. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And then uh, the the point comes up. Well, are we gonna keep Billy Ray running our company? right, right, yeah. And the answer is uh, not just a no, but uh, right. He, you think where did he? You think my I have my company run by a Negro? Yeah. Except said it wasn't Negro. Except he says uh, he says the harder version of that. Yeah. And uh, but we're gonna keep him until after the whole thing, yeah. of course, of course. Um, and uh, so Billy Ray hears it all. Um, Billy Ray follows Lewis, trying to find him uh, to talk to him about what's going on. Uh, and he ends up looking at a different Santa. He gets kind of thrown off his scent or whatever. Lewis is sitting there with a gun, and he actually pulls the trigger, trying to trying to shoot himself in the head, and it's out of bullets. He thinks he throws the gun away, and then the gun goes off. Um, and um, the doctor, um, when the Lewis uh, gets back to Ophelia's place, um, the uh, Billy Ray had. Uh, Billy Ray had uh, found him basically and walked in the doors open um, and he's out. And the doctor they called is the bus driver from Quick Change. Yeah. That guy who's so great in Quick Change. Um, but uh, that's, that's who that guy is. Um, Lewis wakes up and starts, he thinks it's a dream. Yeah, Coleman. Coleman's oh, there, right. Bad dream. Right, right. And then uh, he thinks it's all a dream, and then he looks up, he sees Billy Ray and starts choking him. He jumps out of bed. Yeah, and the Billy Ray said, it was the Dukes, it was the Dukes, yeah. yeah. Um, so, then, uh, so then they talk about their little plan, what they're going to do to get back at him. Um, uh, and this is where we get to the point where the uh, <clears throat> the train, they're going to, um, Beaks, you see Beaks board the train, and you also see Jim Belushi in a gorilla suit. Um and uh, you get Franken and Davis. Franken and Davis. Yeah, uh, driving the uh, cart or whatever with the with the, with the guilt, the real, well, not a real gorilla. Now but, Belushi was yeah. going to be a Saturday Night Live guy. I don't think he was at this point in time. Franken Davis definitely were. They were right, writers right. and occasional right. people. Of course, Ackroyd was on it. Mm -hmm. But when Paramount went to Landis and said, "Hey, uh, since we can't get Richard Pryor, let's have Eddie Murphy." That, who hadn't right. made but one movie, which was 48 hours, right. and it hadn't even come out yet. You just kind of see previews. Mm -hmm. And Landis was like, Who's Eddie Murphy? Really didn't know. Yeah, even yeah. though he had, he had already made Blues Brothers and he already worked with all these seven right. like people, right. he was clueless about who Eddie Murphy was. Really? Yeah. That's that's surprising. Yeah. Um, but Because uh, uh, the movie was originally designed and written for Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Which okay. You can see the two of them in the movie. Develops, yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be good with them too, you know. Um, definitely. Um the uh Franklin, yeah, Franklin and Davis are driving the cart uh, with the thing with the what is supposed to be a real gorilla. It's not a real gorilla, but it's more real than the more real fake gorilla they use. Than the Jim Belushi version. Yeah. Um and uh the guy who who talks to Franklin and Davis here is uh Johnny from Airplane. The guy that, you know, really kind of steals the show in airplane yeah. in the control room, whatever. Um, and then uh, you get to the, uh, I don't know how they all ended up in the same car. I mean, Beaks is kind of in a, what looked like could have been a private car or whatever. But, but then they all, everyone, one by one, you know, gets into this car. Well, I don't know how they're set up. Um, 
but I think that there were semi-private cars where you could not be alone. You wouldn't be alone. There right. would be two or three other people in there, mm -hmm. but you wouldn't be with the big crowd wherever it was, especially on that train ride, which had a bunch of parties on it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people would probably want to be at least away from the crowd. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, but one, 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 the whole, all the major players of the movie, except for the Dukes, uh, end up in this car. Yes. Um, and uh, you got Eddie Murphy, who's from Cameroon. Cameroon. And uh, you get uh, uh, Coleman, uh, the, dressed like a like an Irish Irish priest. Priest, yeah. You get uh, Ophelia um, and later Hosen, but she's Swedish. Right, right. Yeah, I'm Swedish. Yeah, and, and Coleman's like. But you're wearing Lederhosen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm from Sweden. So apparently this was because uh, Jamie Lee couldn't really get the Austrian accent down. Yeah. So she went with Swedish, and they just made fun of it. Yeah. 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 That's good. I mean, and uh, so they do the, they're going to do the whole briefcase uh, switching thing. Switcheroo. Um, and also in the scene is uh, Dan Aykroyd's character. The Jamaican. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd and blackface. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Might not go so well today. No. And, you know, also, how on earth did they think that Beaks wouldn't recognize? It's a movie, man. Just go yeah. Uh, yeah he, he literally and did. also Ophelia, you know? Yeah, he, 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 well, he only saw Ophelia the one time in mm -hmm. theory, in theory mm -hmm. and sent her on her way and then disappeared. Yeah. And had no idea they were still in cahoots or whatever mm -hmm. or in contact. Yeah. But, uh, Dan Aykroyd, Lewis. Lewis is one character who probably shouldn't have been in that room. Right, right. Beaks should know. Right. I guess that's why they came. But place. if you remember, when, <laughs> when Beaks first saw him, he yeah. pointed out to him. Right. That's him? Okay. I'll, I'll go get him. Yeah. So, so his, his contact was recent as well. Yeah. It's not like he's a lifelong familiar right. with the guy. And then he also points out after he gets the gun on him, he's like, Lewis. Yeah. It's obvious that he knew who he was anyway, you know, so. And when they do the briefcase switching the second time, he's looking at it. He sees that it happens. Um, and uh, I never quite get whether or not he thought the second switch was the first switch. Oh, yeah. But they could have done a little double switch root type thing there. That's true. Um, because it seemed to have gotten away with it the first time. And it was the second time he noticed the switcher root. That's, that's a good so point. did he notice that that was the first time, second time? Or was he paying attention? Hmm. Um, yeah, that's a but good yeah, point. It was I'm a little sure. noticeable thing, and he could have done a little trickiness with it, which modern movies would. Right. Uh, a little double switcheroo so that uh, he might think he got away with it, but he didn't. Yeah. Um, that's true. Um, that's a good point. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that right after this. See, I had to keep you doing the tight surveillance, man. That's why I'm wearing these bummy clothes. You had to make sure a dude had his payroll before I made my move. Tell us how you cut him. Yeah, I ain't cut him with no knife, man. But you told me last night you cut the dude. With these, I cut him. I am a chain belt in Kung Fu. Bruce Lee was my teacher. Watch this. blood technique. You do that, a quart of blood will drop out of a person's body. Tell how you beat on the cop. Wasn't no cop, man. It was cops. 
Look, nine, ten cops beat the shit out of ten cops and had to change my whole strategy around. Yo, when they brought you in here and booked you, you was crying like a pussy. Yeah. That's because it's when the cops fell, he threw tear gas in my face. And that's the kind of shit they use on crowds, man. I still walk in here like a man, so get out of my face, all right? I mean, you, you beating up on a man, you putting a man in a hospital, how come I don't see no marks on you? Yeah. Because I'm a karate man, all right? Karate man bruise on the inside. They don't show their weaknesses. But you don't know that because you're a big Barry White-looking motherfucker. Now get off my back, all right? I wish my bitches hurry up and get here. I ain't got no time to be sitting inside this cell with you. Where is your bitches, Mr. Big Time Pimp? Yeah. Didn't I tell you that the phone in my limousine is busted and I can't get in contact with my bitches? Yeah, the phone in the limo is busted. What are you, ignorant? Hey, look, sit down, all right? It ain't cool being no jive turkey so close to Thanksgiving. Hey, <laughs> you boys don't know what you're doing. I can see that already. Do you know who you fucking with? Do you know who you fucking with? Ah, back the fuck up. Back up. You know who you fucking with? In cell number four on the ninth floor? Billy Ray Valentine? Yes. Move it. You made bail. I did. We are back here on the podcast. Um, and uh, we're near the end of the movie here. Um, the scene Beaks has the gun on everyone. Uh, he's in f- standing in front of the gorilla cage, which probably isn't a safe place to stand. Um, and then the gorilla gets pissed because he's yelling at uh, Jim Belushi in the gorilla Jim suit. Jim Belushi comes into the gorilla suit. And yeah. The real, the real gorilla sees the other gorilla. Yeah. And he gets angry at Beaks. Right. Right. And I think Beaks knocks him out. Yeah, he? knocks him out. Yeah. And then you put the gorilla suit on Beaks and then put him in the cage. Well, they the they tape him up first. And right, on, so right. He can't, can't really talk. Right. And then Jim Belushi uh, goes out into the car. with He's just wearing a T-shirt and underwear. He's, he's like, hey, what happened to me? Hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, you get, uh, but, it, you know, so Beaks is taken care of, but it's time for Lewis and Billy Ray to exact their revenge on the Dukes. Um, and they're going to the World Trade Center. You know, uh, is where they're going to for the ending of the movie. So uh, as you're going into there, mm-hmm. Lewis says, all right, Billy Ray, in this building, it's kill or be killed. Yeah. So obviously it's way before right. 9-11. Yeah. And when the movie was shown after 9-11, that line was exciting. Oh, really? So on TV. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and uh, Lewis explains frozen concentrated orange juice. Which I remember when I was like when I was like ten years old or something, that was kind of a big deal. Like a lot of people bought, you know, if you don't know, frozen concentrated orange juice and lemonade and other stuff was the size of like a twelve ounce soda can. Yeah. And you put it in anything and you add water well, what and start. Well, what they're selling there isn't really frozen concentrated orange right. juice. And they're not selling corn and they're not selling bread. Right, right. What they're selling is what's called futures, which yeah. is yeah. This is what we think the price is going to be like the next time. Yeah. And you're basically making a bet that it's going to get to that price. Mm-hmm. And that, so you buy low and sell high, you make a profit. Or mm-hmm. in their case here, what they're going to do is they're going to do short selling. They're going to buy high and then turn around and sell low mm-hmm. and make a profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the futures that they're selling are, you know, the May futures are what will the price be in May? Mm-hmm. June futures, what will the price be in June? So anyone going there, 
can buy May, June, July, whatever that particular yeah. future is, and betting on. But at that time, I'm going to make a profit. Yeah, I buy it now, I sell it then, mm -hmm. I make a profit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that's what they're all doing there, and they know. Uh, they know. They already know what the proper report right. is because they wrote, read the real one, right? And they gave a fake one to the Dukes. Yes, yeah. So the Dukes guy is, uh, you know, basically doing the opposite of what he should be doing to make him money. Um, they basically uh, ruin the Dukes. They get they they ruin they they lose all of their money. Yeah. And they're saying, turn all the machines back on, turn all the machines back on. And uh, Randolph is actually having a heart attack, and uh, Mortimer says, you know, like. He falls to the ground. The one guy says, what about your brothers? He goes, He's like, fuck him. him. Now, apparently, Amici <laughs> did not like cursing. Right, was right. part of his personality. Really, yeah. So he agreed to do this, but only one take of it. So the one take you see there is the only take. To well, that's a good one. Because he wouldn't do it again. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, well, that's good because it was great. Like, his, your brother's having a heart attack. Fuck him. That's <laughs> so great. Uh, yeah, I remember I heard it. Like, he apologized. You know, he had to curse to everyone, yeah. you know, and uh, – and uh, so the Dukes are ruined, and then uh, Lewis and uh, Billy Ray, like, I forget who actually won the bet, but he's like, well, you won. You were right. Here you go. Here's your dollar. One dollar, yeah. Um, and uh, and then we get, to, then we see Beaks uh, in the cage with the real gorilla, uh, you know, being put on a boat or wherever they're going. Uh, the, they're saying, oh, look at them, too. They're, I think they're in love. Yeah. yeah. The black one must be the female. And right. Bro, yeah, the, the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, and you see, uh, uh, everyone on the beach, um, and they're uh, drinking drinks. And then Coleman is there, but then there's a butler waiting on yes. Coleman. So, yes. uh, everyone's got a girl, right? With uh, Ophelia and Lewis together on the yacht, right? And uh, what do we have? Crab, crab lobster, let's have it all. Prima good, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's uh, the way that ends, and uh, you were going to say uh, we were going to talk. You were going to talk about something here with the uh, oh about the bat, like who actually the bat. won. So yeah. uh, I was talking about this this time watching the movie. Mm -hmm. Was like you know what the the Dukes had a bet, mm -hmm. which really worked out. Was it nature or nurture? Mm -hmm. So in this movie, we got to the end. Many characters had their lives changed through one way or another. So which Duke was right? Hmm. Was it nature or nurture? Discuss. Um, well, no. Billy Ray um, definitely became a better person, or at least uh, understood the world better. Um, so I guess nurture, right, for him? Um, I have to go with nurture because that's also mm -hmm. an environment. Yeah. Or nature is what's inherently within you. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And nurture, nurture yeah. is nurture, the environment. Nurture, I mean, that's what I meant to say. Put, yeah, nurture. put the same person in a different environment yeah. and different things happen. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happened here. Mm -hmm. um, now, as far as the Dukes are concerned, you could say that uh, they were genetically predisposed to lose, but they were winning the whole all their lives until that point. Mm -hmm. And, of course, in the later movie, they come back. Right. And they come back and come to America. Come to America. Homeless. But, uh, Definitely, I'd say that uh, uh, nurture wins out because when you put the right person in the right place, good things happen, bad things happen. Yeah. yeah. And genetics had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think in that term, uh, I think uh, 
Randolph was pissing all over the genetics guy, saying mm -hmm. it was nurture, and Mortimer was saying that genetics was it. So yeah. therefore, Randolph was right, right, and Mortimer wrong. Right. Well, Randolph seemed like the better guy. They're two awful people, but yeah, he seemed like the better guy actually. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's uh, where the movie ends, and it's time to uh, talk about like. Um, some of the statistics from this movie, um, Rotten Tomatoes, a uh, score of 88. I wouldn't have thought it had been higher. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. 88 is pretty good uh, for, for a comedy. It's definitely a beloved comedy. Um, 88. Um, there were Oscar nominations for score from, for Elmer Bernstein. Um, Golden Globe nomination for Best Picture, which Golden Globe, remember, Golden Globe separates into Drama category and also musical or comedy category. So it is easier to slip in the Golden Globe nomination. Nomination for Best Picture. That's good. Um, and nomination for Murphy in Golden Globes, too. Good. Um, and uh, the budget on this movie, $15 million. Uh, box office, $90 million. Um, inflated. Yeah, inflated box office, $241 million. When it uh, appeared on TV, mm -hmm. TV for the first time, it was... Uh, 87. Um, it was the highest rated theatrical movie to ever appear on Network TV. Really? Yeah. Now, is 87 a guess? Because that sounds too late. Uh, I want to look theatrical. here. Because well, it, I mean, it would have made us rounds through HBO and all right, that stuff right. before. I mean, you might be right. It's just 87 sounds late, too late since it came out in Innovative 3. I read that here a little while. Mm -hmm. I'll find it. Well, not end of 83, yep. summer of When shown in April of 87, huh. it was the okay. highest rated theatrical film broadcast by any network. Wow. So that was uh, four years later. Um, but, uh, you know, it would have been, at that time in the, in the early 80s, mm -hmm. early to mid 80s, it would have been started hitting uh, VHS. Yeah. It would have hit uh, oh, yeah. HBO, Showtime, whatever that was. Yeah. So it would have made those rounds and made that money before it hit broadcast. Yeah. At that time, yeah. broadcast would become. The tail end of all that as opposed to right oh yeah the, yeah true it true. used to be broadcast was the beginning of all that right and then because so much other revenue yeah in other ways broadcast began to tail end yeah i'm still surprised four years but that's a remarkable stat that it yeah. was the highest rated theatrical yeah. movie wow that's impressive i mean that's that's a uh, shocking stat that, yeah. that this movie you know because this movie is beloved by a lot of people but it's not and like it's very few edits you really have to make to make it Available on, yeah. on network TV. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, you show it uncut on HBO or whatever. Right, right. But on network TV, there's a huh. few things you got to cut out. Yeah, I'm a little surprised by that. But um, now the movie was released June 8th, 1983. Do you remember when you first saw the movie? I believe it was in the theaters that summer. Mm -hmm. um, it was a long time ago. Uh, definitely would have been high on my list to go see. I mean, Eddie Murphy, mm -hmm. Dan Aykroyd, John Landis. Yeah. Um, Big fans of all of them. Mm -hmm. so, well, I wouldn't go see it. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't see it in theaters. Um, I I mean, I guess I probably rented it on VHS. I can't remember exactly. I was in college and it was uh, carefree time. Mm -hmm. I was running around. Yeah, I, I guess I probably rented it on VHS. But I definitely, I'm sure I was really looking forward to seeing it because a huge Eddie Murphy fan and a Dan Aykroyd fan. Probably didn't know who John Landis was, but um, huge Eddie Murphy fan. And I I probably saw it as soon as 
I possibly could, even though I never saw it in theaters. So, so movies that were in theaters at the time, uh, Jaws 3D, uh, Mr. Mom, Stroker Ace, Porky's 2, Twilight Zone the movie, Superman 3, Octopussy, War Games, Vacation, Return of the Jedi, Risky Business, Cujo, Smoking and Bandit 3, Easy Money, Strange Brew. This list is so familiar. Yes, to it me, is. Uh, yes. Because of Vacation, which we, right, we just did. Ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, I think we already talked about. Yeah, we talked about all oh, we need to talk about on those. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> interesting. Prior uh, to come over here, I think what's. Let's go movies with Vacation, Scarface, this one, all 83. Mm -hmm. And uh, today I got a 50 cent piece. You never get a 50 cent piece back no. in change. What date is on it? 1983. Who gave you? Well, that's okay. the year's I, remarkable. How did you get a 50 cent piece in change? Uh, I went to buy a few things, uh, eat here, uh, and drink here. And uh, got, I was at the quick trip around the corner. And, yeah. And uh, they gave me a 50 cent piece. They, oh, said, they, just, they, they probably they, had one in the drawer. They're glad to get rid of it. They'd like to get rid yeah. of it. It's easier to count everything else. Right. So. I worked for a QT. You're, you're wanting to get rid of it. Yeah. If someone's willing to take it. Dollar coins, 50 right. cent coins, $2 bills. Yeah. yeah. You want to take these? And, right. We'd have regulars that, you know, you'd have like 10 sack of Jawias building. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, you want these, don't you? And like, yeah, yeah. You have a few customers that want them. Those are, you know, 50 cent pieces. Yeah. You don't see them too often anymore. Um, so which of those movies have you seen the most? Uh, we talked about this before. Yeah. Uh, let me double check the list here. Uh, Vacation for me. And Trading Places is definitely number two. For sure. I'm pretty sure Risky Business is my top. Oh, yeah. That's what you said. Yeah. Uh, War Games, uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, Trading Places. All, mm -hmm. all big watches. I love to watch them. Yeah. Uh, but Risky Business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Sad it's not on your list. Yeah. yeah. Did, was it considered for your list or it never really got there? No. I mean, I, I liked it, but it never was a movie that really hit with me. Like, you know, I know it's a quality movie. It's just something that never was in my, like, real favorite, favorite movies. Uh, Vacation is definitely the one I've seen the most. And Trading Places is definitely number two, for sure. No question. Um, and uh, I wanted to mention, I didn't mention we did Vacation, but uh, Superman 3 which is a movie that is referenced in a movie on the list, Office Space. They talk about the scheme about rounding up, rounding was, down. Was three the one with uh, Richard Pryor? Yeah. Yeah. So. Who made that movie? So the movie making this movie. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and uh, Richard Pryor got Superman 3 because he was on The Tonight Show talking about how much he loved the Superman movies. So they asked him to be in it. So. Um, director, Tom, uh, John Landis, yep. which we've He's made a few movies. Yeah, we've talked about him many times already. Uh, the tagline is, uh, they're not just getting rich, they're getting even, which is a pretty solid tagline. That is a good one. Yeah. Uh, the Steve Park Award in this movie, um, you know, I'd probably go with Denim Elliott. He's he's really, he's good. He's a much bigger role than uh, Steve Park popping up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so many other um, yeah. smaller roles. I mean, go with Jim Belushi. He's had a lot of small roles. He had, right. had a few stars. So I mean, definitely yeah. much more now that he's a pop farmer. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, although his son, Jim Belushi's son, has actually got a TV show. Do you know that? Mm -hmm. It's one of the uh, Game Show Network shows. Uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, it's one of the trivia quiz shows. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, he's uh, Rob Belushi, who's mm -hmm. uh, the host of the show. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a uh, fairly recent year too old. Okay. So, 
And then Jim Belushi, we've already seen in one of our movies, playing himself in Mike the Dog. Because yeah. they were going to a war with Albania. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, on oh, the Belushi family, a famous, famous Albanian family. Yes, yes. Um, Probably. Well, they are, but we didn't know that until Wag the Dog, I don't think. But yeah. <laughs> uh, the Bechdel test in this movie. Uh, okay. Ophelia. So Ophelia and, well, we have Penelope. Penelope. They do have a scene together. We know their names. They don't really talk to each no. other. The Penelope and the other girls, Muffy. Muffy. Muffy is Jimmy Lee Curtis's sister. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but they're talking, but, but the yeah. guys are singing at them yeah. a, a, like an old fraternity song yeah. about what kind of sluts they are, basically. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. So they're not even talking. The no. guys are singing they're just to listening. them. Yeah. Um, nah. Yeah. No. Does not pass the test. No, nah, definitely not. Um, so uh, time to do the games we play here on the podcast. Uh, we're doing Last Man Standing. Last Man Standing. An actor, we take turns naming movies they're in, theatrical movies. Yeah. No TV, no TV movies. Uh, directing counts. If they directing direct counts. Movies. And what are, we do, what are we doing this week? Let's do the big stars there. Let's do Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. Okay. Okay. Would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, I'll start with the easy pickings. Yeah. Trading places. Trading places. Okay. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, the Blues Brothers. Oh. Okay. Uh, my stepmother is an alien okay uh i'll go with blues brothers 2000. Ooh, i'll put my girl okay uh driving miss daisy oh that's a good one my girl too okay uh nothing but trouble nothing but trouble that was a funky weird one <laughs> yeah, it was. um yeah i'll go with 48 hours okay uh did we say ghostbusters you just did okay i'll go with another 48 hours okay uh, Ghostbusters 2. Oh, good one, good one. Um, let's see. Let's go with uh, Dr. Dulu. Okay. Um, Ghostbusters. <laughs> good one. The other one. Um, let's go with uh, um, Pluto Nash. Um, Dr. Detroit. Um should have gone with my doctors. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> okay. Uh, the Nutty Professor. Um, the Couch Strip. Okay. Um, the Clumps. Um, the Golden Child. Christmas with the Cranks. Hmm. Um, coming to America. Coming to America. Okay. Um, Bowfinger. Oh, that was a <laughs> funny movie. Oh, that's so mm -hmm. hilarious. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Did I ever see Tower Heist? I don't think so. I think Tower Heist. Yeah. Uh, Shrek. Ooh, Shrek 2. Um, Mulan. Who's always oh, the dragon thing? Yeah. 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 He's done a lot of voice work. Yeah. Um, oh, what is that movie? You like it. 
I can't remember the name of it, so you've got it somewhere. If I can steal it from you, I will. And you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? All right, so maybe, 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 maybe. Dragnet. Life. Oh man, I like life. Mm -hmm. um, Mm hmm. Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Distinguished Gentleman. Oh, that was a fun little movie. Distinguished Gentleman 2 Electric Boogaloo. No. Yeah, I think I might have to remember. Uh, Boomerang. Oh, yeah. What was that? What was that movie? Uh, Eddie Murphy did like a, a life story of uh, an actor. <laughs> oh yeah, it was really it's about cable. it's about Rudy Ray Moore. Yeah, um, yeah. it's you know which was <laughs> it was one of the black black exploitation actors. Right, right. Um, and you said it was you said you saw it. Really yeah, it was on, it was a Netflix original about two years ago. The, couldn't remember the name of it. Um, I can't remember the name now, but it's good. <laughs> it's about Dolomite. Dolomite. My name is Do my, my name is Dolomite. Yeah. That's the name of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Dolomite. Um, yeah, so who's your guy in this movie? Uh, who isn't? Yeah. Uh, what Denham Elliot? Come on, yeah, you mentioned him earlier, yeah, but, uh, yeah, he's out of part, such mm -hmm. a great little role, uh, playing everything right down the middle to survive and then sticking it to the man when he could, yeah, and coming out on top, yeah. I'll pick him again for my guy, too, yes, yeah. he's, oh, he's great. Plus, it was good seeing him after, uh, uh. The only other movie I'd seen him in before that was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. And then there he was in this, and the next year he was in sequel. Yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Um, so who, who's our villain in this movie? The Duke Brothers. Are the villains? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The Duke Brothers. For a comedy, they're pretty evil. They're pretty evil. You know, for a comedy. Not only for what they're doing, but you know that they don't care about the lives of others. And yeah. It's all sport for them. Right. For a dollar. Right. So... Um, and even when the uh, the bet is completed, they're still going to keep things going on for a short period of time to cover their asses. Because mm -hmm. if things go belly up, they can blame Billy Ray, right, right. as the uh, one who's running their company. At the time. Yes, yeah. Which actually probably was one of their goals was to, uh, in case anything come out, you know, push everyone at Billy Ray mm -hmm. to uh, have him take fall. Yeah. But instead, Winthorpe and Valentine. Mm -hmm. Did a little switcheroo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they don't make our list, do they? No, no, no. They're ineffective and uh, they're not. In a comedy, yeah, it's yeah. pretty hard to make our top 10 list. Um, Bricktop and Snatch is the only villain in a comedy really on our list. And it's not 100% a comedy. It is a comedy, no. but it's. Yeah. Yeah, nothing with Bricktop brick, brick in. No scene was really comedic. I and mean, there's a few comedy beats there. Right. Uh, right. when, when but he's, he's doing it. He's in, he's in, he's like, in a deep they're into it. He's but. being funny in a menacing way. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, they don't make our list. They don't make our villains list. Yeah. Um, but uh so we're would this be on your top one hundred list? Absolutely. Okay. I don't know where it would be. Okay, good. Um, wasn't I'll, sure about this. No, no, this is this is a fun movie. It's yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a good story. Yeah. Even a few of the things that get excised here and there for whatever reason leave a man not no problem. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. I wasn't sure if this would be on your top 100 list. I mean, you liked it. But, you no, know, it, was it, was, like, it was a good, fun comedy. Then it holds yeah. up. Yeah, it does. It does. And, you know, when I was a kid, I mean, anything with Eddie Murphy. I mean, I already loved Dan Aykroyd, too. Anything with Eddie Murphy. And this is early Eddie Murphy. Like, this was the second, second movie, movie so. yeah. And then, you know, 48 Hours. 40 Hours, I acknowledge it's a, it's a quality movie. But it's also... Not an Eddie Murphy movie. Right. It's, it's, it's uh, Walter Hill... Nick Nolte right. right. cop movie. Right. Eddie Murphy is the second lead. Right. And it's really, it's an action movie with comedy. Yeah. This is just a comedy. This is a two lead comedy movie. Eddie Murphy. Yes. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. And uh, after this, uh, Eddie Murphy would not be second build anymore. <laughs> no. no he, <laughs> not very often. Anyway, he was used to good. Right. Right. I think the next big movie, probably some in between, but when Raw came out, it was Sky Wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so where do you think it is on my list? On um, I'm hoping it's high. I'm going to go at number twenty because I keep casting twenty lately. I'm going to hit one. You're going to keep one twenty until we get to. No, yeah. probably not. But uh, yeah, I don't have the list in front of me. So let me bring the list up here. I'm bringing the list up here. I might change my mind. Top of my head, I'm going to go at twenty again. Watch me change my mind if each one. Ooh. We were just talking about Bricktop and Snatches at 20. I'm going to go 20. 78. Oh, oh, my God. This is worse than the last one. 78. <laughs> Holy crap. I swear I, would have, I thought you would have got one by now. Not mm. necessarily this movie, but, mm. but I thought you would have got one by now. No? Yeah, it's 78 on the list. Uh, as the numbers get fewer and fewer, I'm going to get one or two. Yeah. Well, I thought, yeah, I thought you would have had a few by now, you know, just law of averages, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm not an average guy, so. Okay. Not an ordinary average guy? Yeah. Uh, like Joe Walsh? Um, <laughs> time, time to talk about what didn't make the list, um, because Dan Eckwards, and I'm going to mention Driving Miss Daisy, oh. uh, which was Best Picture Oscar winner. Um, you know, Dan Eckwards is, you know, I'm guessing the third, probably the third build person in the movie. Yeah. Um, Great movie. It was, you know, great when it came out. I mean, uh, movie that everybody talked about back then. Uh, doesn't get, you know, doesn't get talked about much anymore, considering it won Best Picture. Yeah. Um, but From Miss Daisy was a excellent movie, and you know, it came out in '89, and it was it was a big, big deal. And you know, and Dan Eckward, that was the first movie I think where he was he had put on a little weight, like you're used to seeing the Aykroyd, Dan Eckward being. A thin guy, not, not thin, at least not fat. Right, right, right. And then, and then all of a sudden he was like, "That's Dan Aykroyd, okay." <laughs> and he wouldn't wear no bodysuit. No, he was just a big guy. No, um, but yeah, driving Miss Daisy. Um, do you have any plugs? Plugs, plugs. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm thinking about this earlier. I'm gonna plug a movie with Donna Michi called Things Change. Okay, I think I mentioned this to you before. This movie, it's a nice little film. Um, uh, Joe Montaigne's in it. Uh, Montaigne plays a, uh, a mafia guy who's who's uh, heard passed with the transporting Don Amici, who's a witness right. who's supposed to go to a trial and be a character witness for a mob guy. Mm -hmm. Except uh, maybe he's going to get killed, maybe he's not. It's about the journey and the travel and these two kind of bonding and what happens by the time they get to where they're getting. When uh, Montaigne was on Mark Lawrence's podcast, Mark Mayer's asked him about this because he's like, man, this is a really good movie that it is. isn't well known, but it's a really good movie. 
Yeah, it's yeah. one of the first movies I bought on VHS just to own a movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's something I should watch actually. Yeah. Um, I think you'd like it. I think uh, it'd be like ah, I've known this before. Maybe it would make the list type movie. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Good little character study for everyone in it. Yeah. Um, things change. Things change. Uh, for my plugs, I'm just going to plug my Twitter account again, so that if you want to follow me on Twitter, just so you can. Uh, Tweet at me about the podcast. Um, any kind of comments, uh, what you like, what your what your favorite episodes were, what your favorite movies are that are on the list, whatever you want to do about the podcast. My Twitter account is Jason26582. 26582. Yeah. And uh, just tweet at me about the podcast. Let me know how you like it or you don't like it. Either one. Um, and it's time to talk about what we're doing next week on the podcast. Now, next week is uh, 4th of July weekend, and so between this episode airing right. and the next one will be 4th of July. Right. So we should be some, doing something kind of 4th of July-ish. Yeah. Some some movie right. that has something to do with the July 4th weekend. Yeah. So I'm going to go born on the 4th of July. Not on my list. Not on your list? No. Wow. Well, might as well just do Jaws. Oh, okay. I think, I think we're going to need a bigger podcast. Yes, we're going to need a bigger podcast. That's right. Next week on the podcast, we're talking about Jaws. And be prepared to listen to a four-hour podcast. Yeah, exactly. Because we're talking about a movie. Yeah. And and that's next week on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. His name is going on here. He tried to rob the payroll, Randolph. He attacked me in broad daylight. I didn't do nothing, man. This guy bumped into me. I did not. You knocked me down and tried to grab my briefcase. Yeah, but it was an accident, man. An accident? Really? What's going to happen to this man? We're going to book him. An assault, attempted robbery, and resisting arrest. Well done, Winsorp. Hey, man, I'm innocent. This guy bumped into me. I was trying to give him his briefcase back to him. Shit, I can't be going to jail because I'm asswipe ain't watching where he's going. Officer, I would like to press full charges. People like this are a menace to decent society. You're from a broken home, of course. If we was broke, so what? You have a history of juvenile arrests, I presume. Drug abuse, reform schools, state prisons and all that. You ain't talking to this guy. I want a lawyer. Is there a lawyer in the house? <clears throat> that man is a product of a poor environment. There's absolutely nothing wrong with him. I can prove it. Of course there's something wrong with him. He's a Negro. Probably been stealing since he could crawl.